the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is exactly that. And a good morning to you. Thank you for past the hour of 10 o'clock on this Tuesday, the first morning of the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2019. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks again to Tom Zawistowski. <clears throat> for his impassioned plea for true patriots to join him on Thursday outside of the FBI building in downtown Cleveland to uh, to demand accountability, to demand equal justice for all. There is a soft coup, and uh, that's what Hugh calls it. I will again just call it a coup. It is a coup d'etat to try to remove the president from power and to try to take our votes away from us. The president is not going down without a fight. He has a message for his enemies. He is not going to stop fighting for us, even as they try to take him out. And joining us now to discuss this and more going on in Washington, D.C., and quite frankly on Main Street America, is our friend Peter Kirstenow. Peter is a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. He is a Cleveland attorney. He is the host of the Kirstenow Report, a best-selling author, and more. Pete, good to have you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. You know, it's um, time to do the countdown again. It's only 145 days until the first spring training game. They don't have yet the reporting date for pitchers and catchers, so I'm going to go with that. And um, our friend Jeff Malik, whose math skills I'm always suspicious of, nonetheless says that we have 178 days to the first game of the 2020 season. So, And on top Very of that, good. Baker Mayfield obviously woke up feeling dangerous, and so did Nick Chubb. I was, uh, you know, you beat me to it. I was going to tell you, I don't think Baker is quite as dangerous as Nick Chubb was on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? <laughs> as strange as it may sound, right now Nick Chubb is the most dangerous running back in the NFL, but in about four weeks we've got Kareem Hunt, who all he did was lead the NFL in rushing in his rookie year reporting. So, um, yeah. you know, it's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Freddie Kitchen doles out the carries when that happens. <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen yeah. there? But that'll, that's his problem, not ours. All right, Pete. Um, you know what our problem is. There's a photo. Just, I'm going to launch our conversation in, on this uh, this way. I, I, I believe 
that, well, first of all, they've been trying to impeach Donald Trump since before he was elected. We all know this from the text messages from Strzok to Page. We have an insurance plan in place in the unlikely event that he wins. We will uh, not allow him to serve, or we will stop him uh, from serving in his term uh, by way of whatever means necessary. And that, of course, has, of course, led to the Mueller rep- uh, report, Mueller investigation, uh, collusion charges. And they've been looking to impeach him since before he actually won. But having said that, This particular push for impeachment appears to me to be because he dared to expose their frontrunner, Joe Biden, as being corrupt, as being part of this uh, uh, situation with his son in Ukraine, as knowing about his son's sweetheart deal in which a man who does not speak Ukrainian, uh, in which a man who does not know anything about natural gas or oil or exploration thereof, was hired by a natural gas and oil exploration company, uh, owned by a Russian oligarch in bed with the corrupt Ukrainian government and got fifty to $83,000 a month uh, to sit on that board. Um, there's a picture that is circulating now, Pete, and maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, because I know you don't do the social media thing because you're smarter than the rest of us. Um, but there was a golf outing from 2014. Which pictures? Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and yes, one of the chief executives or one of the executives of Burisma Holdings, that Ukrainian company. Now, Joe Biden told us and told the media that only one time, and this is back in a New Yorker uh, interview from about that time, only one time has he ever spoken to his son about his Ukrainian business dealings. In other words, saying, I have nothing to do with that. So certainly they weren't trying to gain uh, 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 you know, favor with the Obama White House because uh, they don't talk to me at all. Well, they played a round of golf together at the bare minimum. If that one conversation did exist, it was four hours long across uh, an 18-hole round of golf, and it was with not just his son but with the Ukrainian executive. So from Burisma Holdings. So I'm going to use that as the launch point here to say, do you think that President Trump pretty much opening up what must become an investigation into Joe Biden during his time as vice president is why they are so livid and pushing for impeachment over that phone call? Bob, I think it's one of the reasons. I think what we're seeing right now is kind of a perfect storm of Democrat and media, but I repeat myself, vulnerabilities all originating from the 2016 campaign and election and the subsequent cover-up. I think it's what you just said. I think that they touched a nerve with the Biden corruption, uh, but I think it's a lot more than that. I think what you see is the corruption is widespread and deep. It's interesting to me that of all people, Hugh Hewitt, our mutual friend, but let's face it, Hugh Hewitt um, is a very smart guy. He's a very, uh, you know, uh, experienced guy when it comes to the ways of Washington, but he is maybe one of the least likely people to use the word coup. When you get the Hugh Hewitts and others similarly situated using words like that, you know that a Rubicon has been crossed. You know that something very serious has occurred. It has got the attention of a lot of very smart people who are not hyperbolic. And, you know, you and I have been talking about this for a while. When I'm out speaking to many of your fans at the various uh, organizations, they're all saying it. And we've been saying it for a while because it doesn't 
take much to understand what's transpiring. The evidence is right in front of us, and you don't have to be wearing a tinfoil hat to really appreciate the depths of what's transpiring, which are clearly frightening. And, and Hugh and others are saying that, you know, the Mark Levins of the world have been on this for a while. Uh, but again, when it starts getting to that level, you know that's something very serious that a lot of people understand now is occurring. And when I say a perfect storm, it's what you just mentioned in terms of revealing the corruption, but it's also the corruption involved with the entire effort to, as you said, use the insurance policy, struck, page, uh, everybody. It goes all the way up to the Obama administration, because you still remember the, the texts that struck and page exchanged about the white house is running everything the white house wants to know everything we're doing and the january 5th meeting uh which resulted in that ridiculous cya email that susan rice sent out where everybody was conspiring about how to get trump this was there was clearly an insurance policy first to prevent him from ever being elected which they didn't think was going to happen of course but two after he got elected to depose him this is really an astonishing thing we're watching i've used the term over and over again i know you have this is the greatest political scandal in American history. It is still the greatest political scandal, even if the media doesn't report it. You know, the old thing about if a tree falls in the forest, nobody's there to hear it. Does it make a sound? Right. This is a gigantic scandal. I try to be as measured and restrained as I possibly can. I'm a lawyer. Look, I look at the evidence. Uh, but this is what we're seeing here is the greatest challenge to the republic since the Civil War. And and I'm not, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic about this. We've got to get a hold of this. And the difference here is that what we've got is the complicity of a media that refuses to hold one side to account because they're all in bed, almost sometimes literally, with the left on this. They approve of the left's tactics. Uh, they're all friends. They, they uh, you know, are married to one another. If you look at the roster of people at the major media companies who are married to Democrats and Democrat operatives, it's really astonishing. Uh, but this is what we're getting. We are getting propaganda on steroids. But again, I, I go far afield. Uh, one of the other things is they, they know that the investigation by Barr, Horowitz, and Durham, and others, you know, my understanding is Huber hasn't really been completely shut down. Um, all these things are reaching a critical mass, and this is about to be revealed, and even their friends in the media won't have uh, the ability to cover it up because it's so clear, just like the transcript that everybody read. Here's the beauty of this, Bob, and I, I'm sure you've talked about this, and I'm, I haven't had an opportunity to, to listen to you this week, but when they released that transcript, after the great buildup telling us everything that occurred, that he said military aid was contingent upon him going after Trump and all, all this stuff, everybody who, can, who passed second grade can read that transcript themselves and make their own determination as to what transpired, and there was no there there. That was very clear. I don't care what they try to do to puff it up and all the little things they try to do, such as Adam Schiff trying to come up with an imaginary conversation, hoping nobody would read it. This is not like the Mueller report that was 440 pages long and nobody was going to read it. So they could lie with impunity about that. This is just four and a half pages long. Everybody could read it. It's in simple. It's, it's, it's very simple. It sounds like Trump. They're congratulating one another and there's no quid pro quo there. So that's their biggest problem. And their other problem is they've got an alleged whistleblower who didn't see anything. 
It's completely second and third hand. He knows nothing. He heard from a guy who knows a guy who probably sold some guy a shoe. This is just the nuttiest thing imaginable, and yet we have impeachment. So, so what? So what you're trying to what you're trying to say there, uh, Peter Kersenow, is that this is how the whistleblower found out everything, right? <laughs> So now we're doing the REO Speedwagon version of uh, of, uh, of law enforcement uh, at the in the intelligence community. As funny as it is, this is a doing grave damage to the republic and our institutions, many of whom are going to take decades to recover. Many of our law enforcement institutions and intelligence institutions, the media, uh, the Congress, this is doing real damage to the republic. And they let me go back. Let me go back though uh, to what you just said uh, about about the secondhand and thirdhand uh, information. Obviously, the little quip there with the, with the music. But I, I, since you and I talk sports at the beginning of almost all of our conversations, conversations, and you mentioned Nick Chubb. The, Explain to me why the whistleblower's nine-page report is at all even remotely relevant, given the fact that the president ordered the unredacted transcript that you just pointed out. And and here's my sports thing. It's like, hey, I heard Nick Chubb ran an 88-yard touchdown uh, to to salt the game away for the Browns. Now, I've got video of it over here, or this guy over here can describe it to me and tell me what it really looked like. He can tell me what yard line he cut back on and where he he broke free, etc., etc. What am I going to do? Do I need this guy to describe it to me, or can I just look over here and watch it? Same thing in my view. Why do I need this whistleblower's nine-page description of what he heard in this uh, uh, in this uh, phone call when I have the word-for-word transcript over here in front of me? Why the hell is the is the whistleblower's report even relevant? Right. Uh, no, I agree with you entirely. In the law, we've got something called the best evidence rule, and the transcript is the best evidence. That's what he, this is what this all right. hinged on, not his third and fourth hand assessment of what happened, which was probably, Bob, as we know, manufactured by three or four people, probably allied with Adam Schiff, who got the report two weeks before it was ever even released. That is exactly right. Not only Adam Schiff, but Nancy Pelosi has said she knew what was in the whistleblower's report before it was released. That was never authorized to be released to Congress because there was not an urgent need for it, according to uh, the IC and and the, the IC Inspector General. So how did Nancy Pelosi see it before it was released, which she admitted to doing? How did Adam Schiff see it before it's released, which he admitted to doing? And what does that really mean here? Is this a whistleblower or is this just another member of the deep state being part of the resistance and part of the uh, insurance plan to remove Donald Trump from office? Peter Kirsten, I will uh, pick it up there after this on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, I'm guessing we're good to go. Uh, Peter Kersenow, uh back with us again on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for joining us for the Bob France Authority. Pete's going to stay with us for a third segment after this short one, so bear with us. Pete, I want to talk about the actual impeachment inquiry, because to my understanding, it doesn't exist. 
Um, Nancy Pelosi is, is, is flouting the rules. She is essentially opening up this impeachment inquiry without actually having a vote to do so. In other words, nothing has changed from, uh, you know, when Nadler and Schiff and other committee members started doing this impeachment inquiry. Remember, they changed the rules in order to talk to Corey Lewandowski as part of an, uh, an impeachment inquiry two weeks ago. Um, there is no actual full house impeachment inquiry until she calls a vote and she is afraid to call a vote. Why do you think that is? I think it's because she's concerned that many of her members that are in purple districts are petrified. There's no there there. This is not rocket science. Despite how much their media allies try to puff this up, they're looking at this because their livelihoods depend upon getting this right and that their careers depend upon it. And the people in purple districts who just barely squeak through, they're looking at us and saying this is a big-time loser. And it's not just purple districts either because impeachment has historically been unpopular. This has got to be more unpopular than anyone because there's nothing there whatsoever. I discount the polling data that the media tries to puff up as much as they can. This is very early on in the cycle. My my guess would be that as this drags on, just like with the Mueller report, you know, they every week they have got something. Sometimes it's every day. I mean, we just it was just a little over a week ago that the whole Kavanaugh thing imploded once again. But we've got so many of these examples where they tell us that the sky is falling and then it doesn't happen, that I think people are inured to that. And the media, we've seen it in polling data, has lost all credibility. So I think they're very concerned. Pelosi has never wanted to go down the impeachment path, but she's got a ba- I mean, a number of people have said this, this is not original, but uh, she's got a rabid base that insists upon it. And it got to the point where her hand was forced, I think, by, by Adam Schiff and this whole matter of alleged uh, Biden corruption and, and his trying to withhold military aid to Ukraine as a result of, or in, in, as a quid pro quo, none of which is there. So I think that's in large part what's driving it, but she's trying to thread a needle, needle, that is, she doesn't want to call for an election that puts people on the, or I'm sorry, a vote that call, uh, calls right. for people to put themselves on record. But she's trying to, at least cosmetically, move this thing forward so it damages Trump as much as possible. And it brings me to two things I forgot yeah, to say before. When it comes to voters, right. Even it, if they it, don't it, get exactly impeachment, right. it just, it, 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 it'll help them beat them in 2020. Go ahead. That's right. That's one of the reasons why they're doing this. The other, another reason is because they've got nothing. Frankly, think about it. Think, listen to the Democratic presidential candidates and Democrats in Congress. Do they have a plan to lower uh, the unemployment rate? No, because unemployment rates are historic low. Do they have a plan to increase your median income? No, because it's at the highest rates ever. How about homeownership? No, they don't have a plan for that because it's the highest rate ever. In other words, they've got nothing to sell to the American people because Donald Trump is producing what he said he was going to do and we're had a historic levels with respect to how people are doing economically and how the country is doing generally. And then the last thing that I uh, didn't have an opportunity to get to was I do think, and again, I think this is a multifaceted approach. I do think that some Democrats want this chaos because they're very concerned that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg may be departing the Supreme Court sometime before the election. Mm-hmm. And they want to make sure that Trump is so hamstrung that he can't credibly nominate and move toward confirmation another person. Believe me, that is a huge thing among Democratic circles inside the Beltway. They are petrified about that, and they would like to use almost any vehicle to make sure that Trump is forestalled from doing anything to forever, I mean, forever, right. maybe uh, the next two decades, change the composition of the court, because that stops the progressive enterprise in its tracks. 
Very well said, Peter Kirsten. Now, we're going to get our news now, and on the other side, I want to talk more about that quid pro quo and about whether or not it isn't there. We know that. It's not not there. We've read the transcript. But if even if it was, we have to ask, is there anything illegal, much less impeachable, about that? And, and there's a couple of schools of thoughts on that I want to run by and get your analysis of when we talk to the brilliant Peter Kirsten now, again right after this. Ten thirty-four now. The Bob France Authority continuing. I got twenty-six minutes of outstanding, awesome left for you before we turn it over to Mike Gallagher at eleven. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks again to Tom Z joined us last night. Thanks to everybody who listened last night to the Larry Elder Show as well. Had some really, really great conversations about this stuff then, and I want to continue it now. One more segment with the brilliant Peter Kirsten, now member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, Cleveland Attorney Pete. I want to talk about two things on our last last segment together. Uh, I want to talk about pressure, and I want to talk about uh, quid pro quo. The first one is about the the idea that President Trump, I'm just listening to our newscast, and just the way that these things are worded in the mainstream news, um, that President Trump is under impeachment investigation for pressuring uh, uh, Ukrainian president to investigate a, a political rival. Uh, I, I never heard Donald Trump describe uh, Joe Biden as a political rival. I never heard Joe, uh, Donald Trump say specifically, dig up dirt on Joe Biden, which is how it's being characterized. And I've never heard him pressure Zelensky uh, on doing this or else. Zelensky himself said when asked multiple times, especially since they were just together, uh, uh, if he felt pressured, he said, no, not at all. Isn't this a a crime in search of a victim? Uh, If he's trying to extort Zelensky, uh, wouldn't Zelensky have to have gotten that message? Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is another one of the things that's extremely frustrating because you have an entire media that's in league with the Democrats. But on top of that, there are so many. All all due respect to members of the media who are very hardworking, very smart, but there is a significant cohort who are hopelessly biased. We all know that. That's that's been confirmed by by just watching and listening, uh, but also not particularly bright. And I don't mean to say that in a demeaning manner. I'm just it's simply a an observation that I think all of us have come to the conclusion that these these folks just don't get it. Look, uh you heard what Zelensky said in that press conference. That should be game over right there. Then we saw before that on the same day the transcript. Anyone who has a third grade education can read it and come to the conclusion on their own that there was absolutely nothing there upon which to hang your hat on. If there were, Adam Schiff, for example, would not have made up that what he now claims is a parody conversation of the transcript, uh, or what the transcript reveals in their conversation. Because if you read the transcript, people would fall asleep. There is nothing there whatsoever. Speaking of that, by the way, um, is Adam Schiff... um in any kind of jeopardy for that, for reading a fictional account of that transcript into so. the congressional no, record? I, I don't think so. I know there's been some huffing and puffing about that, too. But I think all of us need to just take a breath, calm down, and take a look at what's really going on here. And what's really going on is serious enough and needs to be stopped in its tracks. Look, uh, the president has got broad Article Two power. He's, recall, what a lot of people say is true. He's the chief law enforcement officer in the country. It would be a dereliction of duty for him if he had evidence that there was some type of corruption or fraud going on involving American funds or anything else like that involving American national security, not to ask for cooperation 
in getting to the bottom of it. In fact, there's a 1999 treaty, I know some people have made mention of it, I've read it, in which uh, the United States and Ukraine agree to mutual cooperation on law enforcement matters because there had been this history of corruption throughout that region. So this is something the president's got the right to do independently of anything else that's going on. We would be, uh, it's striking to me that the media and Democrats, but I repeat myself, wouldn't want, they've been clamoring for the last three years to get to the bottom of, my goodness, the effect on the night, on the 2016 election by those nasty Russians, and yet here we have an opportunity to get to the bottom of it by getting to that server. Again, let, let's pause and make an aside again, just an observation. Does it strike anybody as howlingly amazing that the server, the DNC server that launched everything that was purportedly hacked was never turned over to the FBI. The FBI never examined it. We don't know any of the allegations to be true at all. And Ukraine has actually either access or custody to this by virtue of CrowdStrike and the various individuals who were the prime movers on CrowdStrike. And now no one's interested in finding this stuff out. I thought this was what we wanted to get to the bottom of. So we know cosmetically there's smoke and mirrors here. This is an attempt to cover up nothing that Trump did, an attempt to cover up a massive amount of wrongdoing by Democrats. I don't think it's going to work, but it's a dangerous circumstance for our institutions and the republic pete let me ask about the quid pro quo nature of this now again as you said anybody with a third grade education can read it and see that there was none even the democrats say there was none but in the process of saying that they're moving the goalposts and saying well we we, yep. we thought there would be uh before the transcript was, was released that he threatened to withhold funds from them or withhold aid from them if they don't investigate Biden but we don't need that now you don't there doesn't have to be a quid pro quo for this to be an impeachable offense what i want to know is isn't it appropriate and within the president's purview peter kirsenow who's an attorney and 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 is so fluent in the constitution constitutional powers etc isn't it within the president's purview to say, hey, look, we are giving millions of dollars in aid, pushing up over a billion dollars in aid to this country. We have word that they are perhaps misusing aid because there is corruption in their government by way of the fact that they fired a prosecutor who had been investigating uh, a Ukrainian oligarch and his energy company, which, by the way, was paying an inexperienced uh, son of the vice president of the United States, you know, fifty to $83,000 a month, depending on which report you believe, um, to do nothing. But just to gain influence in the United States, there might be a lot of corruption going on here. As president of the United States, before I commit to a billion dollars in aid to a foreign country, I have to know if that country is corrupt, if that government is corrupt. He didn't, he didn't say no aid unless you tell, show you're not corrupt. But even if he had, Pete, is that a crime or is that not a responsible foreign or responsible, uh, 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 uh query to, to make of a foreign leader that we're giving money to? Of course it's responsible. It's only that we're in this lunatic period. It's an exceptional period in our history where we have Trump as president, which has driven the left in the media, but I repeat myself, absolutely insane. And they're saying insane things. You, we've got people... Let's face it, some of the top constitutional scholars in the country, the Alan Dershowitzes of the world, the one guy that I respect more than anybody is, is uh, Epstein, Richard Epstein. All of them say there is nothing here. This is completely absurd. Now, what the Democrats and media are trying to say, they're trying to thread a little bit of a needle. And there's an argument here. 
that if what the president was actually attempting to do was to gain political advantage by hamstringing his opponent um, by having him subject to a foreign corruption investigation, well, that would be a problem. That might even be something in which someone could arguably say that, you know, maybe grounds for impeachment. But here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. We've already got evidence that, in fact, there's significant evidence that there was corruption here. And more importantly than that, that would permit for anybody to escape any type of corruption investigation, meaning a Biden, if he was engaged in corruption and happened to be a political rival of the person undertaking the investigation. That's absurd. You can't have something like that. The, the weight of the authority should be that a president should be permitted to do this unless it is just so overwhelmingly plain that what he's attempting to do was gain a corrupt advantage for himself politically. Uh, this this is an insane narrative that's transpiring. We're going to have to live through this narrative for a period of time. I believe it's going to blow back against the Democrats, but it's going to take a little bit of time to work out. And I hope that Republicans get a little bit more aggressive about this. I think Trump has shown the way in many respects in being aggressive. So has Giuliani. So has Barr. And they're afraid of that because we have never had in our lifetimes, Bob, Republicans that push back and, in fact, can give better than they get. This is what's scaring the Democrats, because in the past we had supine Republicans that would simply accept the narrative. It was almost like, you know, you know, thank you, sir, may I have another. But Trump's not like that. He punches back twice as hard, and that's the problem for them. What I want to know, though, Pete, is how is that any different than the Clinton campaign and the DNC hiring a foreign operative, a former British spy, to get dirt and information from another foreign country, Russia, um, about Donald Trump and potential corruption there. They, they literally hired and paid for Christopher Steele to go through Russia to gather information to put in what we now know is the phony uh, 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 dossier that was used to take to the FISA court to spy on the Trump team under the, the, the cloud of corruption. Uh, you know, that we, we, we believe that there may be corruption, there may be collusion, there may be conspiracy taking place between Donald Trump and the Russians. So they ordered and paid for very publicly uh, this investigation into a political candidate and foreign corruption or allegations of foreign corruption. How is that different than Donald Trump inquiring with a foreign leader? Hey, does this guy, who by the way is not his political rival yet, he's not even the nominee, does this guy uh, tie into any of the corruption that was going on here by way of his son, if the president had asked it that blatantly? Well, Bob, that's really different because shut up. <laughs> that's basically it. You're right. You know, I mean, this is ridiculous. Remember, Bob, lost in all this is we've got the Clinton Foundation getting tens of millions of dollars, very coincidentally, when the Clintons, by virtue of Hillary being the Secretary of State, were in a position to do favors for the Russians. Uranium One. I mean, this kind of stuff, we've got in one corner, we've got a nuclear bomb going off. In another corner, we've got an unlit match and the media is focusing all their attention on that wet match lying in the corner. I've, I, none of us have seen anything quite as corrupt and, frankly, transparently corrupt as what we're witnessing right now. And you shouldn't be shaking your head. For everybody out there who's listening going like, what am I missing? There's got to be something here. Surely the media is all upset about this. The Democrats can't be hanging their hat on a nothing burger. They are. 
I'm here to tell you there is nothing there. Your instincts are correct, and we shouldn't be accepting this lying down. We should be fighting back. I think as people, as Americans, saying that you guys are corrupting the United States of America for a political agenda, an agenda that has historically moved left. This time, you've, it's reached a critical mass and on the verge of disrupting our institutions. We already have, as I said at the outset, so many of our institutions that are going to take decades to repair because people no longer have trust in them. In fact, the people who historically had trust in some of these institutions now have no trust in them whatsoever. Peter now laying it out as only he can. Last thing, Pete, I want to take a second to promote and uh, and tell you how much I'm looking forward to sharing the stage with you again November 21st. There are very, very few seats remaining. Obviously, all of the host tables are sold out. There are a few seats remaining uh, in the general admission and a few more seats available to have dinner with us in the VIP room. You won't be able to sit at one of our tables, but you will get a picture with Peter and Hugh and Dr. Gorka and myself uh, and an t- opportunity to chat with us. Uh, so uh, it's, it's a war for America's soul. That's exactly what the uh, tour event is called when Hugh and, and Sebastian join us, uh, Peter Kersenow, in November. Um, do you think that we potentially could be on the verge of something resembling a civil war if they remove Donald Trump from power? This is the reason I ask you this is Pastor Jeffers, who, of course, is a well-known evangelical supporter of the president, said on Fox News over the weekend that he sees a civil war fracture coming to this country that we will never be able to heal. Uh, again, and uh, the president retweeted that, and some are saying the president is opening, openly calling now for civil war. I can't imagine that we would get to that point, but how do you see it? This is a war for America's soul. Yeah, I think that we're in a dangerous time, as I've said a number of times. I think I, it's incumbent upon everybody to be responsible and measured in their words, because we're at an inflection point where words can set us over the edge. So I'm going to be very, very careful about how I would say something like that, but it's going to cause a significant rift, and it's going to cause significant damage to our institutions. I just hope everybody, uh, if there are seats still available out there, come to our event on November 21st. Uh, Bob and I are feeling dangerous. Absolutely, we will be. I guarantee you that. Peter Kersenow, as always, thanks for your insight and analysis. We'll talk soon. Take care, Bob. Thank you, Pete. It's 1048. Let's get a quick timeout. Finish it up with more of your phone calls coming up next on AM 1420 DMs. Ten fifty two, final segment of the Bob France Authority. It's going to be filled with phone calls. A lot of people want to get in on this. By the way, quick note. People who have been calling off the air and asking, where is that video? Where is the testimony by Amy Swear of Heritage Foundation before the House Judiciary Committee on Assault Weapons and about uh, gun violence in general? It is on my Twitter page. It is on my Facebook page. It will soon be on my parlor page when the show ends as well. Um, it's four minutes and 57 seconds of the best argument in favor of uh, letting Americans choose which firearms are best suited for their own personal self-defense that you will ever hear. It's the best argument against government intervention in our Second Amendment rights that I think you'll ever hear. It's really important, so give that a listen. Uh, let's go to uh, James in, oh, by the way, it's France Radio, I forgot to tell you. On Twitter, Facebook, and Parler, France, F-R-A-N-T-Z, radio, all one word, no spaces, no underscores. Now, James, in Lorraine County. Hi, James, go ahead. Good morning, Mr. France. Good morning. Thank you for your, uh, I was just speaking on uh, Mr. Elder's show last night. And, Certainly. Uh, I just wanted to make a few comments about the, you know, uh, 
fear not for people, you know, they have the Constitution. It is being under attack, and uh, I wanted to uh, bring some clarity to that by recommending uh, something I uh, read in the in the past, the uh, Federalist Papers. Now, this this book is hard to read for your view, for your listeners. Yeah, and uh, there are accompanying books that uh, some some are easier to read because the 18th century version of the Federalist Papers was it's, it's hard to read. It's like right. Okay, James, I know it's hard to read, but let's get to the point here. I got a lot of people to get to, my friend. Well, the point is, I, I came across another book uh, by a. Uh, radio talk show host, uh, and it's called The Original Argument, and it makes a case for uh, the 21st century Constitution. It's easier to read for your viewers. Or, listeners. Your listeners. No, I got you. I got you. I appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. Anything we can advance uh, do to advance the education of people on these matters uh, is certainly something I'm interested in. Thanks for the call. Jim in West Park. Hey, Jim, go ahead. Yeah, Bill Clinton signed a corruption, an anti-corruption treaty with the ukraines in 1999 and so the, the democrats are saying that that donald trump uh crossed the line he was the only president all three calls to mexico and to the ukraine and someplace else where no other president in history has been investigated this is nonsense uh, the Whistleblower Act, I mean, I don't know where to go with this, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. All right, well, thank, thanks for the call, Jim. And, and you're right, we do have an anti-corruption uh, agreement with Ukraine, and this is, again, the president, that's why Peter Kirstenau framed it the way he did, when he said, well, here's the problem with your argument, shut up. That's what they'll tell us. There is no problem with the president inquiring with the president of the foreign country with which we have an anti-corruption agreement to inquire about corruption in his, in his government, or at least in the old government prior to this new president being elected, which is what the congratulatory phone call was all about. Think about that. So all the president was doing is inquiring about potential corruption, and if it involves Joe Biden, then that's, that's a Joe Biden problem. That's a Joe Biden when he was vice president problem. That's a Hunter Cokehead Biden problem. This is not a Donald Trump problem. If Donald Trump, or excuse me, if Joe Biden wasn't uh, 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 giving access to and potentially doing favors for, or even giving the appearance that he might do favors for Ukraine as a result of this oligarch giving his kid fifty to eighty three thousand dollars a month to sit there and play on his phone during board meetings in Ukrainian, um, then we wouldn't have this issue. Donald Trump didn't make that decision. Joe Biden made that decision. And what I said to Peter Kirsten, by the way, is important. There is some evidence now that Joe Biden is just talking right out of his rear end when he says, no, I never talked to my son at all. Never talked to my son about his business in Ukraine. That's his deal. What he's doing over there is his business. Nothing to do with me. Well, we go back to 2014. There's a New Yorker article with Hunter Biden about that. And he said once, yes, I did talk to my dad about it. And now we've got new evidence here. There's a photograph of a golf outing. 18 holes takes around four hours for average golfers, maybe a little longer for hack golfers, and I have no idea about the uh, links capabilities of Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, or the Burisma Holdings executive that they were golfing with. Burisma Holdings is that energy company in Ukraine that employed Joe Biden and clearly gave him that job to gain access to the Obama White House by way of the sitting vice president. 
He said they didn't discuss their business in Ukraine, Hunter Biden's business in Ukraine, yet he golfed with them for four hours. I'm sure they didn't talk at all about Ukrainian-American relations, business, or anything having to do with Hunter. Give me a bleeping break. We're going to believe that? Donnie in South Euclid is next on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Donnie, go ahead. Good, good morning, Bob. I'll make this as quick as I can. Yes, sir. We're living, we, we in this country are living in a, in, in a, in a uh, time where there's a, there's a very vast difference between the theoretical and the literal. I made that mistake of living in the theoretical when I thought that I could get away with drinking soda and eating, and eat, and, and eating, eating Skittles. And I'm paying the price for that right now. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people that don't seem to want to face the fact that there are people in this country that don't like the way this country was founded. And they will do anything, and I mean anything, to turn it into a country built in their image. And we better, uh, we better, we better wake up to that fact, and we better deal with it right away. Otherwise, we're going to turn into the United States of America with a with two K. Very, yeah. You know what? That's sound advice, my friend. Thanks so much for the phone call. I appreciate it. If I left anybody on hold, I apologize. And I do see there are some, so sorry about that. We'll get to you tomorrow. I'll try to die a little bit earlier, and we'll get you on the air on the next extra, or the next uh, Bob France Authority. Uh, stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's coming up next right here on AM 1420. The answer. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.